Let thy soul be awakened. All right. Hello. Hello. And we are back. <laughs> this time we have babysitters. We are back. Yes. The grandparents are here. We actually recorded an earlier episode and there were, we got interrupted, which is fine. Yeah. It'll, we'll release it as lost, <laughs> lost footage from the vault. Exactly. I'm just imagining Isaiah playing this back in his future. He's like, I was always interrupting their podcast. Uh, yes, you were, buddy. <laughs> um, so we uh, succession. It's we are done. done. Yeah. Um, it, that's a show worthy of rewatching, and I want to rewatch soon, probably. Yeah. Well, I remember we we had a great day on Sunday. Uh, we were out until like nine o'clock at the farm concert. And then we came back and you're like, are we really watching Succession? And I was very adamant about it because I follow too many Instagram, Instagram accounts. Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> um, I follow too many Instagram accounts where I knew it, the spoiler would just appear on my feed. And thank God, because Monday morning, after I watched the episode, stayed up to like one in the morning, uh, that was the first thing I saw was who the successor was. Oh, uh, just stop. <laughs> We're not, uh, there's a way to talk about this and not reveal a damn thing. Are the you show serious? is How? called Succession because my talking points are about uh, yoga and magic. Okay. Not Hollywood. Um, <laughs> So I think that there's a lot of wisdom to be gained and uh, cautionary tales okay. from that show, as well as a lot of positive aspects and behaviors and whatnot. But let's backtrack. This is literally our life. Like To go out and do anything here literally is going to a farm. Yes. Like There's like events at farms, and that's what our life is now. Yeah. It used to be like LA uh, events, and now it's farms. I love the farm concert events and just even going to a farm stand is it's it's a big highlight of my day. That's the that's it though. That's our only <laughs> that's highlight. It. That's yeah. our only going out is a farm farm stands uh at least with that you can walk around barefoot. You can walk around barefoot. We were also just driving down the local route number um and everything was green and we were thinking we were talking to each other about this and we're like what does it do to your psyche when all you see is green not I, everybody has that experience i think it's it's positive the green is very green here yeah like there's a reason it's called the green mountain state but it really is extra green and like you could say it about the east coast is green I'm sure, you know, bumfuck Ohio is green, but it's, it radiates and glows a different level of green. Yeah. Like literally the um, like the porch, the screened in porch that's just painted white and not even like a glossy paint. The green will be so bright that literally the porch is glowing green. Yeah. So it gives that Ozark know. filter. Ozark filter. What the hell is that? The one? Ozark filter. Ozark is always like a little like shade of green. When you've never even when? made a, you've never <laughs> even made a reels, you're like still posting. Like yeah. Instagram is not about posts anymore. I'm sorry, like, but I, I don't hey, post man, I just on have Instagram. To, but you got, I just play the game, and it's all about reels. Like who? Wow, you remember the filters? That's impressive. No, Ozark the show. 
Oh, I thought it was like an Instagram filter you're talking no, about. No, 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 okay, no. I don't want to talk about Ozark. That show <laughs> went off the rails. I can't believe people thought it was fucking good. Yeah, uh, that was early like, COVID like, vlog. People were like, the writing. I'm like, the <laughs> writing went off the rails. Let's talk about a near-perfect show. Yes. And that's Succession. Oh, my God. Um, and you're going to have to be very disciplined in this because you are a, a plot killer. You I are, can't. you are a destroyer I of mystery. I thought this was a spoiler alert episode where I could just go off the rails. No. Okay. This is all not right. a succession okay. episode. Okay. All right. I just, we're catching up on our but lives. But I dreamt about I the entire some... cast last night. <laughs> that's just because you, uh, like, you doom scroll succession, basically. <laughs> that's like, that's your hobby right now. <laughs> Gina, for the record, if she gets into oh something, God. she will do deep dive research, uh, which is cool. But she'll listen to any podcast. She'll research every actor. She'll know everything about them. True. It's a compliment. Like you, uh, you gather the info well. It's easy to talk about this without revealing any plot stuff. All right, you go. Well, so Succession is a show, uh, you know. If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend it. It's incredibly well written. The dialogue of the characters and the actors, like, are very, the actors very much understand these characters and the dialogue. To me, I think it's a mostly near perfect writing show. Um, it is a show. Everybody's a sociopath and an asshole, basically. Correct. But that's all shows. Like, you'd never make a show about the family that gets along really well and has successful business and is like really encouraging and positive to everybody. Right. Nobody wants to watch that. No. Like, this is a show. Um, Gina, you just froze. Your whole body is frozen. I you know just, because I have, you, I have, have certain to things. have some discernment to not okay. reveal plot and still be relaxed. Okay. All right. I'm going to relax. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Your go aura just go ahead. No, you go. All right, so I was going to say the actors know the characters to a fault, which I like. I think uh, Jeremy Strong, who I, who plays Kendall Roy, who says he's the oldest, but Connor Roy is really the oldest. But anyway, Kendall um, believes that he is the one from the very beginning, from the, from the pilot. It was his spot. Um, and I listened to I listened to podcast episodes or uh, interviews with Jeremy Strong, who played Kendall Roy. And sometimes I'm like, wait, what? He thinks that that Kendall would have been like, like, it's like he he can't just see him as like a completely flawed character and say, you know what? Kendall actually would have. OK, Kendall sucks. Kendall sucks. And but he... he's like, they're all, they all suck. They're all losers. Ugh. Not one. And this is what I wanted to talk about. What I found very interesting is throughout the whole series, like each it's the basically these three siblings is some point is their dad who runs, you know, Waystar, which is sort of. Probably Rupert Murdoch's meets Disney meets something else. Uh, yeah. Inspired. Big media plus cruises. It's all like Disney. It's like conservative Disney. Conservative. Disney meets, uh, it's unwoke yeah. Disney. It's, it's right. Disney with Fox News. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, so the hence the name Succession. Who is somebody going to succeed? What's going to happen? And I find the the journey interesting because the the main three characters shiv kendall and roman which are like the main kids the story runs around um 
like you, they, they bring you through journeys where you think, Oh wow. They have it like that. You know, Kendall has it. He would be like such a, an amazing CEO. He has vision and he's hip and cool. Uh, Roman, you're like, what a douche. And then you're like, wait, he's actually really smart and has a lot more underlying wisdom than he reveals. Yeah. And then Shiv, um, who's the diabolical woman. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's true. Cannot uh, be trusted. She, uh, she's a good strategist. She's, manip- yeah. she's a good manipulator. She's a good strategy. She's good with PR. She's good with creating a narrative. They all have their cringe moments, though, because they they just... They fall apart in front of their dad. But that's, I think that's the lessons here is it really is about self-sabotage. And so you see these characters and you realize, okay, not one of them, the Logan Roy is the, the mega boss CEO, the leader. He built this company. What I find interesting is even that actor. Brian Cox. Um, is like, he holds that space. Uh, and, like there's a there's a foundation of a powerhouse right of this character who he the thing is he can hold it in his aura right these other characters are constantly sabotaging and it just goes to the yogic teaching of like how you hold things in your aura and how and and watch it and and look for yourself like where do you maybe sabotage, where do you start to gain some success and blow it up? Does your aura hold that frequency? I think we see it all the time in real life with a lot of celebrities or people, I mean, people start to to garner some some type of another level of success and the, the frequency is too much for them. Well, it kind of makes me think of how, because I, what you just said, I started to rack my brain of all the scenarios where maybe I was self-sabotaging or I witnessed somebody else self-sabotage. And I wonder if it's more common now because of, it just seems like everything, people don't actually care to hold anything in their caliber from like, like a normie perspective. And I wonder if, sorry to go on a tangent here, but I wonder if like even blocking half of your face is sort of diluting the caliber of holding things in your aura. It's like, it's, it's blocking something where then we're in this, like now we're in this perpetual state of like mediocrity. Uh, yeah, we are in a, we're in the long COVID schlock. Uh, welcome to mediocrity. Um, sure. That's one form of sabotage. (laughs) I'm talking about, like if your aura is big, if your aura is strong, um, you're gonna hold more. You know, it, it comes down to like what what is your caliber? What are the things that help your caliber? I think that um, you know, meditation, some type of practice in which you're in touch with your infinite soul. But you can be in touch with your infinite soul, and then you, there's a worldly caliber. There's a worldly ability. You know, and and there's a high functionality. I like spiritual traditions, which is kundalini and magic, in which you also partake of the world. You know, magic having sort of a, a, a an excellence and a mastery over your affairs and creating success in of itself is a spiritual practice. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, 
you know, so I'd like these characters that really all suck. And at the end of the day, me personally, as just like a fan and uh, watching the show, I hated them, even though I really enjoyed watching them, but I didn't want any of them to succeed. Like nobody should have gotten the position. Yeah. Like nobody was worthy. And then the Logan Roy character really inspires me because he's such a heavy hitter. It also inspires me to really up, like, for me, it's the Darshan Chakra Kriya, mm. right? Like, one of those powerhouse meditations. Mm-hmm. That's my fantasy life. Like, I love how, like, that is a that is someone that can literally just move mountains at, like, the stroke of a word. But it's interesting, but you have to look at Logan Roy's flaws, that he, as a father and as a leader, couldn't train his children to succeed in his company like where is that where did he actually not want them or where did he actually want them to sabotage it well yeah i mean i think that brings back to the point we were talking about like i think people need to stop blaming society that's been real hot since 2020 like (laughs) society is like everything's an institutionalized something institutionalized fill in the blank systemic fill in the blank institutionalized fill in the blank and meanwhile you have a captive captive population that their their brains are just institutionalized through who knows social media who knows what the hell has has captured them everybody's a (laughs) a captive agent here. Um, But I think we should go back to just blaming parents. Okay. Yeah. Instead of society, we can, I just think that's, that's the old way, which I think is really an advent from baby boomers. Because I'll tell you my, yeah, I feel like the like immigrant history, the United States. And I look back at my family or something. It's just all the stories that I hear from those eras from the 1800s into the 1900s. It's just like, sorrowful hardship some level of abuse psychological abuse and then baby boomers were like wait a minute we demand that we should have had the best most perfect happy childhood yeah which in turn they are not giving their kids and they're probably the most self-absorbed so they also wanted the most happy perfect adulthood and why really be there for your kids anyway well and that's that's the other thing i feel like baby boomers get like the last little bit of nectar of of what society modern society has to offer like baby boomers you get the career you get the pension you've got a retirement you have a second home mostly or you're retiring to like a warm climate and then you also guided your children to be arrested in development go to college and spend way too much money leave college for an entry-level $15 an hour job. Do entry levels exist unless you're in some sort of trade? Like No, but entry-level just means $11 an hour. (laughs) Um, You go on Craigslist, look for a job with your like fake liberal arts degree. Well, what did you get with your journalism degree? What was your entry? Did you like apply to newspaper? No, I knew it was bullshit. I remember. Wait, what is your degree? Broadcast journalism. So like being a talking head? Yeah. Well, I mean, producing shows and producing media, editing content. Like I learned it was it honestly became like a trade. Okay, so can I hire you to actually do that more for our work? And so we can up it to another level? No, you cannot hire me. <laughs> yeah, you need to be hired. It's better if it's like I'm this not is applying your job. for this position. Um 
No, I I honestly you're, you're held captive. I um, no, I when I was getting my degree, I think honestly, I think to a certain degree, I knew that I could there was a level of fantasy that I could live in and that I was willing to to live in for as long as I possibly could. So for me, I wasn't looking for a job right out of college. I was just looking away. I was looking for a way to get to Los Angeles. And then when I got to Los Angeles, I was just not even hustling. I was like, I got a catering job. And then we we were doing like sizzle. I don't think I ever told you this. We were doing sizzle reels for this like really uh, uncharismatic, very lame red carpet interviewer. Like this woman, you know, those red carpet reels where you're like right like how ryan seacrest became famous yeah so she was interviewing people and then we would film it and then edit it and put like super cheesy uh like was this a known no red car or she was trying to break she was trying to break in yeah yeah so we're like standing next to paparazzi and then filming wait did you hire paparazzi no 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 we were standing actually next to those next to paparazzi people okay um yeah and and that lasted for like a month and then but it was it was the job that i told my parents i was doing to then legitimize why i was going there and then i just ended working, up because you catering. were working in film yeah sort of it was media it was I, a media I, job i did some catering in la i worked like uh two events and then i got fired why um it was an event with simon cowell oh and, yeah and um It was at this really, I'd have to look him up. There's like a famous hypnotist. He's like British or Scottish. And and I guess he was a hypnotist. Like he'd work with like people at very high levels. I think like, because he had like, for some reason he had Led Zeppelin's like platinum albums on his wall. Whoa. Which granted, maybe he just bought at an auction or something. True. But I feel like he was someone who worked with like high level actors or bands. So they would, you know, like be hypnotized to perform or do better. Whoa. Um, and then. You should have hypnotized the Roys. Yeah. They, <laughs> they could like, uh. Yeah, they could have come into their own a little bit more. Um, but anyhow, I got fired because, um, really, because it's destiny. I wasn't supposed to be catering anymore. Yeah. But I they fired me because I had a contact info to call. And that was the number that, like, you'd get a sheet, like, or an email um, that would give all the, all the, where to go, what the event, blah, blah, right. blah. And then you'd just show up at the event. And the contact number I had to call because I don't, for some reason I was a few minutes late and I had to take an Uber. And then um, I called, they left the number for the homeowner, the host of the event. So I called this hypnotist and I was like, hey, I'm just five <laughs> minutes late. I didn't, that's the number there. And then they fired me for um, calling the the client. Wow. Um, who, who would they, put the client number? On the sheet for the exactly. caterer. These people, Amateurs. these people sucked. Like they went out to LA. They probably wanted to be actors and other caterers. That's so, like I did them. a job. I catered Justin Bieber's birthday party at Justin Bieber's Wait, house. Hold on, is this going to be a name dropping? 
no, catering episode. But I'm just imagining if they put his phone number on the sheet that I received. Right. Like, and you're like, hey. Hi, uh, I'm here. I didn't know Can it was the that? home. I didn't know the home or the event, you know, whatever. They own the house. But I just thought it was the work. that That's the number they had. It literally said, call this if there's a problem or whatever. And also, they tipped me a ton of money, and they were, like, super nice. And it yeah. was, like, all these British people from, like, Harry Potter movies and stuff. <laughs> and then, like, stunningly gorgeous women. Then yeah. I was, like, oh, this is – I was, like, up in the Hollywood Hills. I was, like, oh, this is where the next level right. of, like, refinement, beauty, elegance, and then deep satanic worship <laughs> yeah because this one guy who's in harry potter who's was wearing an inverted pentagram mm. that was about the size of a clock like um like uh what's his name uh from slave uh, of flave yeah yeah he was weird but it was an inverted pentagram like that big like a flavor flave inverted pentagram but he was british and uh, they're like hypnotists i was like wait i'm dude jk rowling probably is doing some dark magic it's all rooted she probably from is. That. Well, <laughs> J.K. Rowling's. I okay. I have a big bone to pick with her. Tell me. Well, listen to part of that whole what, whatever which trials trans all this that social blah, blah just let's create intense culture wars um, right. Which you're just you're anything that creates division is being manipulated from something higher, and we either choose divinity. Divinity. Or we div divinity. Divinity. Or division. Mm. And the magical teaching is anything that like disconnects, that divides, that's some form of black magic. Interesting. And, um, but her whole, I was like listening, and her whole, like the whole Harry Potter narrative, at least in this, in her, like the brief words, I haven't read any Harry Potter. I saw like the first movie. Um, not a fan. In fact, when the, when those started coming out, I thought this might be cool. Maybe it'll get kids into um, actual magic, like spiritual, you know, hermetic magic, and not just tinkering with toys and whatnot. Uh, it didn't do that. Um, I think what it created is an entire society um, that were conditioned. Right? He, she talks about how. Um, you know, Harry, he had these like abusive aunt and uncle and he's a disenfranchised child. He has no autonomy, he has no agency. Mm -hmm. But it turns out he has this secret identity of magical powers and this whole other world in which he's the most powerful. And he has to step into that power. So now, like everyone who is somehow disenfranchised, you can come up with you have to have like a secret power and like, but there's nobody has any power. Right. Like, I feel like everyone now has to be like a special form of like abused snowflake, mm -hmm. you know, it's like unicorn snowflake fingerprint rainbow something. Yeah. And then the only thing you need to have now is an identity. An identity. Yeah. Right, you just pick an identity. Right. Right. So, like, you can just, and, and it needs to be something that makes you, you know, disempowered, like Harry Potter, mm -hmm. you know, because he grew up in a more abusive world. Right. And then being, I, I honestly, you know, it's interesting too. Is like from I know, from that 
from what we heard of that podcast and what JK Rowling was saying was how she started to then criticize the people that were, um, a, you know, that were making their identity like the higher power of their entire existence. But she did that. She's but it was fault. her. The entire zeitgeist in America where everyone's obsessed with identity now is yeah. literally it's her fault. Yeah. Right. And so, but you have to be a, some form of a loser. You have to have a problem. Mm-hmm. And now you could just everything like you can literally you just be fat. Like, you don't even have to perform anything. You don't have to have a personality. You don't have to have a skill set. You can literally just be fat and you can monetize that, turn yeah. it into a thing, become an activist by posting on social media. That's what I'm going to do now. That's it. <laughs> and you know what? I'm Dad Bod Donovan. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. That's it. Dad bod Don. I'm not gonna I, yeah. I don't have to teach anymore. I can post Dad Bod Donovan pictures and yeah. just say that's it and be like, what, you have a problem with it? Yeah. Just show I'll take video of you dancing at the farm concerts. Yeah, farm dancing, <laughs> Vermont life, barefoot grounding. Um and uh and that's it. What's yeah. your you know What's my thing? Yeah. Um uh what is my thing? I don't know. I don't know. You need a problem and you need to glorify it and you need to make that your identity. Uh, bad posture, Sully. Okay. Bad <laughs> posture, Sully. Your posture isn't that bad. No, it's, it's not that bad. You, you I'm getting better moments. at it. I have my moments. Um, but yeah, bad posture. We could be like bad posture advocates oh, I have, uh, and be like don't judge because of my posture calcium deficient sullivan <laughs> um yeah nutritional deficiency yeah yeah that's, <laughs> that's good. a good identity i like that uh, i like that i'm standing up for the rights of the nutritionally deficient not exactly. that you should feed them just it's okay to be okay. deficient all food is equal <laughs> yeah um but i i like that's all it is now like you don't i feel like i don't is a generational i'm trying to think like from a gen x point of view i guess what was maybe valued is some type of skill set mm-hmm. right you can really wrap your identity in a skill or an interest like i'm really into punk or i'm really into heavy metal or whatever and then that's that's your shtick right you know well it's I'm interesting a, or an artist or whatever it, I mean, I think for me, like what I what I learned from that was how a lot of this terminology came from Tumblr, like just different um, like intersectionality. And then it's just uh, I think polyamory. There's all these different terms that you can identify as that I didn't realize was birthed from these sites, which were extreme in their own ways. And I think there was sort of like the the evolution of it came from a, a, a sense of punk in the people that are using their intellect and their ability to, and their following on these sites to then create and call out different things like someone cultural appropriating uh, celebrities and yada, yada. Cu- culturally appropriate a celebrity. Or like How do you do celebrities that? culturally appropriating different things like Gwen Stefani, right, um, like, uh, Rasta. You ate, you ate uh, ramen. Um, Oh yeah, the dreads, that drives me crazy because dreadlocks are like in so many ancient cultures. Like there's actually historical Roman records of the Celtics with dreadlocks. But what I'm, what I, yeah. Like from thousands of years ago. Right. And I think we, one thing that I 
one of the takeaways from that, that bringing it back to satanic division is that it's so rooted in, in sex, even though no one's having any uh, in general, like everyone that's on the internet, that's like identifying as like poly or asexual or like some whatever it's, it's all rooted in identity, sexual identity, more or less. They aren't having any. They're behind the blue light is crazy. <laughs> They're getting polluted by blue light. And it's all it's like there's nothing higher than than sexuality. Do you know what I mean? I think everything is just become base and root chakra, which has to do with your core survival. Mm. And all of these sort of dark energies are just activating deficiency of root chakra where you just feel threatened. Your like livelihood is gonna be taken away and you're never gonna survive. And that is a symptom of root chakra that's also negative energy of Taurus, right? So I've been talking about Taurus. We are in Gemini season now, but this Jupiter Taurus transit, which is a big deal and it lasts about a year, it lasts a year. Um, you know, Taurus is going to be your, your survival on the planet where you create stability. So it is pretty root chakra like, um, but when you threaten people's like existence and survival, and then you just, you, you, you react, right. And then you can take resentments, another tool mm. of sort of other forces or dark forces and people get riled up through resentment and then convenience is a tool of the dark side like shopping at that natural health food oh, store <laughs> gina you're banned yet again from grocery shopping <laughs> remington like the most like free and open it's like under this roof you are banned from grocery shopping if you spend six dollars no it was seven dollars on a little it's you don't even you don't even know prices you have no bearing on how much anything caught you're like um what's his name uh from uh, silicon valley when he asked how much Ga was it gavin uh oh how much uh what was his name though the character gavin gavin, like, gavin newsom but that's no, gavin. Newsom, newsom i don't um, know bell something I don't you're the one who remembers all that i that's, know that's your job well, i had a baby Anyhow. i don't know i lost um, some brain cells <clears throat> So anyhow, they were like, how much is a gallon of milk? He's like, 20 but something dollars or whatever. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you do go to Erewhon, that's how much a gallon of raw I'm milk. I'm in just inflation bucks. mode where I'm like, everything's expensive. This is just how it is. There's another level of expensive. Anyhow, you're banned. <laughs> now everyone knows I do the shopping. Unless it's like specific instructions. Um, wait, but what the heck were we talking about now? Uh, I just wanted to make the note that J.K. Rowling, where people now, you don't have to be interesting or talented. You could just come up with an identity, and that identity has to be something that uh, is institutionalized, systemically oppressed. But I thought it was interesting, because when we were listening to that, you made a really great comparison between Gen X and millennials, and how Gen X's uh, magical... Uh, film was Star Wars, whereas well, as like a child, as a child, yeah. And Star Wars, what's Star Wars about? <laughs> Star Wars is about a spiritual society, a light workers, literally trying to overcome destructive, oppressive forces of evil, aka the Jedi. Mm. 
So it's like it's it's like a community of light workers that are working together to then take over or to take out the dark side. Well, yeah, growing up on an ashram in this being a very little kid in the 70s when that movie came out and then uh literally I was like, "Oh, and in a way it feels like our story." That I wasn't we weren't like conditioned to go against anything. It wasn't like politics, right? I think there's a different, a few different movements in the hippie era. One was just baby boomers who became profoundly self-absorbed. Yes. Then there's just dark free love. So everyone started getting herpes and whatnot and cold sores. Um, and then they just had kids, but the kids were profoundly neglected right um like early that's that's gen x is like this small window that right. never gets talked about anymore but i think that growing up in an ashram where w- the there was like a a world destruction right i grew up with notions of world peace right deep spiritual values and hey someday we the planet can change all spiritualities and religions are saying the same thing we're a collective human race and we shouldn't be um, going to war anymore, right? So it's sort of no nukes, but not in a political point of view. And that, that change happens through sharing positive practices that enhance your life and get you more in tune with spirit. And um, I don't think that's a Gen X quality, but Star Wars really resonated with all of us. Right. And then we all were convinced that we could use the force. And then we'd actually go out and try to move objects and do things. And some of us actually did it. Wow. Yeah. But then you have Harry Potter and that sensibility of like each individual is special. And even if you have a crazy it wasn't scar, a collective. it wasn't collective. But then right. you got to go to a special school and then you're around all these other special kids. You're special. You're just, you're you're just super special. special. Yeah. Right? So now everybody's fucking special. <laughs> but you don't have to do anything. And yeah. nobody's, what do you even, you think you're fighting for something, but you're really just fighting for your ego to be special. You want to be recognized how fucking special you are. Yeah. You're fat. Yeah. Those are special. Right. It's you know, okay. That's why I'm dad bought okay. Donovan. I'm special. <laughs> I'm dad bought. I, you know. Right. I feel like I can harp on, on weight because I want to, I could lose weight. Right. You know, but you could just take your culture, right? And just whatever. I mean, how boring would it be too if I just like rebranded everything and it's like I'm Irish and Jewish with some French mixed in there? I don't even know where that goes back to France because it was French Canadian. Like, what do you like? Oh, when did your family immigrate here? All oh, from Canada. Seems right. really lazy. Right, right. You just walked across the line here, and we're yeah. in the territory. Yeah. You know, I could have had ancestors romping around up here. That's true. Romping like, around. Romping around, fur trading or whatnot. That's all Canada is. They're yeah. fur traders still interesting it's a fur trading economy yeah but it is it is kind of it's interesting how once you start to list all of these things that are part of your dna for instance but that you don't really identify with it does create some sort of divide and just like well you're that i'm this and like i have calcium deficiency 
And so I get to represent the calcium division. Well, it's a I problem. I get to join it's... group chats of calcium deficiency. I mean, deficient we have systemic people. calcium deficiency. We are. We do have systemic institutionalized nutritional deficiency. This That's is the true, actually. This is fucking country. Yeah. And we're blue screening our dicks away. <laughs> and I stopped. I mean, I was. That's true, know? actually. Was... Sperm count is a lot lower. Now, yeah, it's on. like yeah. the record in all recorded history of sperm count and apathy is at an all time high, in my opinion. Yeah, well, it does. That's kind why of feel... I didn't want to reschedule the dryer and washer. We got a new washer and dryer. Oh, yeah, which is actually a great example. And I'm going to record a much deeper. I've been recording great content on Patreon, but I'm going to do a, a, yet another deeper video on this Jupiter Taurus. One of the things is make wise investments. I think some of that for us getting the new washer and dryer is a wise investment in our life. Yes. You know, and, but I am nervous to try to reschedule something with Vermonters on Vermont time from Home Depot. It yeah, just won't it's stressful. It's Remember just not going to happen. Remember the TV? It took months. Yeah. No, we can't. So, uh, but it's a wise investment, but I'm going to go deeper into some of that um, with these videos. But why did I... I jump off on that. Oh, our identities somehow. Well, I kind of uh, just going into actually um, transitioning into the washer and dryer and what you were saying the other day, how we live in this, like everything's supposed to be like super efficient AI technological society, but like customer service just isn't catching up. Like there's this huge void in like how you can like book something online, but then no one's there to, to finish the job. Well, yeah, I feel like it's COVID, man. It's it's twenty twenty. There's there's other things going on. COVID was just one part of this, like grand fucking psychosis here, um, psyop, whatever. Uh, where I feel like we did live in an efficient world and order stuff, and it shows up. But now, like you, any purchase that's bigger than like um, you know, a book, uh is like all oh, these major delays and who knows when it's going to show up like a washer and dryer, things like that. So we have like everything at our fingertips, but in real time, it doesn't produce. And who knows if someone actually knows how to properly install. Oh God, we're going to have to, we're just going to have to play some mantras in the laundry <laughs> yeah. room for a, a wonderful experience. Yeah. Universe now, I'm like, in, I have to use all, we have to probably make a vision board. Okay. For, I can like do that. the washer and dryer yeah. being put in all stuff in my prosperity book. Vision boards are in there. Um, a lot of that. The you resentment know, list. Uh, we talking about resentments earlier. Talk about resentments, yeah. But I want to get back to this tool of the dark side is convenience. Yes. Because I feel, um, and I was talking about this with Danny Katz when I did an episode with her a few months ago. And uh, I think this convenience thing is where we really sacrifice a lot of integrity. Absolutely. And I think too before when well I just I just want to travel I just want to get a slice of pizza like if you lived in New York or California where you had to like you know they were trying to do things like take your temperature and this and it's just easy to let that stuff just be like well gosh I really want some ramen at this restaurant because there was that ramen restaurant and they try to do that um, and 
I was like, this is like, this is another way that activates a dark energy because everyone just capitulates because it's convenient and it's easier. Just get along, go along. Mm-hmm. Everybody's doing it. It's more convenient. Right. It's easier. And well, um, and we've opted into society. So it's like, well, I want to stay there. I didn't, I mean, I was fine not. You want to stay? No, I was fine. No, not, you're to- totally into society. I mean, I'm I'm into it to a degree. That could be your but, new identity. <laughs> no, but I just think a lot of people, society. it's like, it's what they could, like, the idea of something other than what people knew before all of, like, COVID, before 2020, to, I don't think people can handle it. It goes back to caliber. I don't think it's in a majority of people's calibers to understand what it looks like to restructure society and for everything, all of these like convenience factors just go away. That's really hard for people to stomach. I mean, I use, there's a balance where things are advanced. Is it just convenience? Um, but I, it's really too, when you like let go of whatever scruples you have, just because it's convenient, you know, but at the same token, I could use resentment. I just want to boycott everything. Right. And then I can't ever shop or whatever. Like Amazon, (laughs) you're like, fuck that Jeff Bezos guy. I don't even know why, but basically I'm like, fuck him. Yeah. Because in the last three, three ish years, the shift of wealth is been it's the greatest wealth shift in history and the billionaires became, you know, more billionaires and there's millions and millions of people that have just had everything ripped away Yeah, and we're just going along like, and then we're rooting for billionaires. It's like, I was listening to Walter Kern who I love and he was like, it even politics, it basically comes down to like, which billionaire, like who's your billionaire? Like, pick your billionaire. Is it, like, Bill Gates, right? Mr. Um, Philanthropist. uh, Yeah, right. And then, uh, well, Jeff Bezos, I don't think he does philanthropy, but you're just, Probably, but People love Steve Jobs, you know? Well, Bezos goes to outer space. And then if you're free speech, Elon Musk. But we have friends, too, that are super triggered by Elon Musk. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. I'm sure there's such a hidden agenda. All these people are doing things that we'll never I mean, I'm kind of triggered by Bill Gates. <laughs> and you well, guys share a birthday. <laughs> yes, he is older, just for the record, by a lot. <laughs> He's much older, but we do have the same 1028 birthday. Um, yeah, he uh, is a fucking probably sociopath. Um, but that's what it feels like. It's like you get... And then we still want to adore and lionize these people that... You know, have I f- had figured out in the beginning of COVID that Jeff Bezos, I forgot what it was, but the amount of money he has mm-hmm. based on like the average income of an American, which I think throughout their life is a couple million dollars. Like that's the average. Um, I think I forgot. I feel like it was like you would have to incarnate 48,000 times or something to equal that. And like, you know, he made his money. I'm not one that's like, you're not allowed to 
to be rich at all and then let's tax everything and you know tax the rich like that who was that aoc and she's like tax the rich at the oh her Met dress Gala. at the mac Gala. Like, shut the fuck up because you're know. also taxing the poor and she you sucks. fucking represent new york city <laughs> we just booked hotel rooms for the book reading and almost all of the money was new york city tax oh. right they're just like you know just tax 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 oh you made it we taxed you but now you're buying something we have to tax you and then you know they just love tax and yeah. she's like tax i'm like they're not gonna tax the rich like this is such a bullshit statement right you're gonna they're gonna also tax the poor <laughs> which you know i do believe there should be a poverty tax because you're not really contributing <laughs> you know so that's horrible yeah well that's the thing everyone wants to tax like that's what they're doing in vermont these fucking diabolical anti-human quote progressives that are like regressives really that just they literally hate humans right they hate humanity they're just they're fucking diabolical and they're evil and they're just like let's add more tax on heating fuel which you can barely afford Mm-hmm. We had stopped using wood and our heat was 700 and something dollars. That's crazy. And it's not like we're living in a mansion. We yeah. know of somebody whose heat bill was almost $3,000 and their house is a thousand square foot. Lord, like that's insane. And then they're like, well, we want green energy. So we're just going to charge you more. And so it's like, we hate poor people, but maybe that's, there is a poor tax already. Well, my whole thing with like energy is that I think the the cleaner energy isn't I don't think the technology is as advanced as it should be to then build and and plant all of these panels into like a sea a desert sea wasteland, which actually isn't a wasteland because there's all these like little nuanced ecosystems that live in the desert, but it's like I don't think we know the impact of our health or of nature when we're planting all this stuff that could pro- probably is obsolete in the next 50 years. And then where do we put it? It's just junk. Well, yeah. I mean, we get a whole thing about energy. I'm just like, I just the think tax, it's all a scam. Yeah, everything's a scam, <laughs> It's all a scam. It's not like gasoline is Trying a fossil fuels a scam and uh, green energy is a scam. Paper bags are a we scam. Just, we, live in, bags, we live in a bags. planet <laughs> that requires, it's like a, it's, there's a dualism that to, to give anything energy, you have to consume something. So it's the ultimate consumer planet. So right? basically. If you want to have a campfire, you need fuel you need you need you know earth energy you need mm-hmm. wood you know whatever you got to get it started and then you have to keep feeding the fire isn't going to do it on itself right it's the world we live in man it's just a big buffet of nature and everything is eating everything mm-hmm. just how it is i think our only hope is that we just eat eat everything eats itself and we just dissolve well there's and then this- the whole planet reincarnates as a new elevated like I'm not just talking to the population, I'm talking everything, the plants, the birds, the bees, the trees, planet itself. Um, but it's like you're not gonna create new technology by like you're not gonna get an iPhone by making a flip phone illegal. You know. Right. Everybody wants a fucking clean environment. Yeah. Of Except course. the military industrial complex and the government and things like that. They'll just right. say we love clean environment. That's like that person I know who Took a plane 
um, all the way to India to hear a talk, the Dalai Lama talk about the environment. And he literally, apparently, according to them, he's like, take shorter showers. That's what the Dalai Lama said? Yeah. So I tried to like loosely figure out how much jet fuel that used and how long you could drive a Honda Civic. And I, I had figured I think you could drive a Honda Civic to like the moon and back like a lot. <laughs> really? Based on a flight to India. I like yeah. how you're figuring out all this math. Like yeah. how many lifetimes you have to live to equal the wealth of Jeff Bezos. Uh, Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Like 30, I think it was 38,000 lives. That's crazy. Yeah. Which, you know, good for him. You can, you know. Yeah. And then if you think, if you step back, you're like, imagine if he paid for the lives of 38,000 people and like equally distributed that. Um, it would, that seems like nothing. Mm -hmm. You're like, that's, uh, you know, it's a small city somewhere. Or a huge city in Vermont. Yeah. I have a follow-up, but I feel like you want to change subjects. Okay. Let's change subjects. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about... Well, I want to talk about succession again, though, because one of the points I found interesting is this notion of potential. Interesting. And to see characters that all had some potential. And I see that in life and I see it in myself um, and in relation to the tarot, hmm. even astrology a little bit, like when a sign just enters like zero degrees where it's brimming with potential, but in the tarot, the aces, like when you pull an ace and you're reading the ace represents whatever the, it re represents an element, either fire, water, air, earth, um, you know, ace of discs, ace of wands is fire, discs is earth, swords is air, cups, you know, different decks have slightly chalices, whatever. Um, but those are the key elements and those are like vibrational frequency and it's the flow of energy, right? That starts at the top of the tree of life of Kether one. That's why the aces, the tree of life embodies the tarot embodies the whole tree of life or the tree of life embodies the tarot tarot is the tree of life it is mystical kabbalah so if you're out there doing tarot all these tarot readers like at shops that don't know anything about tarot they might be decently intuitive readers don't realize that they're actually practicing kabbalah with it but <clears throat> the aces are sort of at that top right kether it's considered the first manifestation of god and it's not materialized yet, but it's on the course to work itself out down the tree. You know, I'm just saying, too, because manifestation's also been a hot topic for a few years. Right. Like how are you manifest? What do you manifest? <laughs> I talk about it. Um, but the aces are the raw. They're, they are pure and just raw potential. They're, it, it, they're completely perfect as they are. The thing is, it's up to, it's like our job to harness that and bring that potential through all of these steps so it actually becomes actualized and manifests, whatever that goal is, whether it's creating a multi-million dollar business, making a sandwich, uh, or some great, you know, enlightening spiritual experience. Um and so I always think of like aces, which are often referred to as a new beginning, but it's just, it really shows the potential of something, but that's just where our work, like they all had potential, but they didn't do the work, right? They couldn't 
actualize anything. Where do you think, if we were to go through the cards in numerical order, where do you think they got stuck? Like I'm thinking it's like for, for Roman, it's like where he can get stuck in like the fives, the five of the That's five actually of a, wands or he's five of, yeah, he's a five of swords, five of swords and a five, he's a five of swords. Like all the fives, if those of you listening that know tarot, and if you want to learn tarot, get a deck and look at all the fives, they're kind of shit cards. Five is the number of Gaborah. It means severity, it's power, it's action, it's Mars, right? So it's fierce, it's breakthrough, and it's like, I'm going to fucking go get it, and I will destroy anything that's in the way, in my way. That can be harnessed in a positive way. A little bit of five goes a long way. Five is where a lot of things sabotage, because it turns into anger, turns into resentment um and so you work down it's literally in numerical order you're just working one to ten to manifest something he definitely sabotaged five which even in my book i call it a petty tyrant i think it's in my book yeah or i is. speak on it a lot it is and he just is a petty tyrant right and so five all this mars energy without the wisdom, the opposite spectrum. I know people think the opposite of Mars is Venus and, and our modern mythology and all this and astrology, but in Kabbalah, the opposite spectrum is Jupiter, mm -hmm. which is going to be more merciful. So it's about action and then non-action. Um, and a lot of people sabotage in that they get sort of the power. That's where a lot of manifestation sabotages. That frequency where, where you're meant to, to use that five energy working down the tree as a way to sort of surgically, uh, that's, you know, you have to remove the obstacles. You have to edit it, right? It's an editor. It's a teacher. And so that's where you, like, clean up your act and say, okay, what this, uh, this is just where you see objectively where what can be cut away. Right. Four, which is Jupiter, that is, and it's the neutral mind in numerology as well, that's going to be more objective. You know, you're going to be able to see it a little better and not get worked up about it. But yeah, five is a big sabotage. I was thinking eight of cups for um, Kendall. Mm, or I even Kendall could be like that. nine. Like, I feel like when you're in the, the Yesod, I think a lot of his... I think a lot of his like addictions and even like his subconscious mind sabotaged his ability to be, to be it. Um, yeah, probably seven and nine Venus arena, which is seven, seven on the yeah. tree. That's where you sort of get seduced in the wrong direction. Um, or to be honest, six the Tifereth is about that's vice is pride. Mm. And I'm going to start using the professional application or the amateur application. Love it. Which is also the sun. So pride where even in, in succession, it's like the Kendall character. He actually, do you really want to run a business? It's like he wanted to be top dog and it was all ego. Mm -hmm. It was all pride. And, um, you know, it's just, that doesn't, it's like these people that want to be actors just because they like this notion of maybe being a famous celebrity. Right. And then everything's handed to you, but nobody wants to learn acting or whatever. Like he didn't really learn business. Right. 
Um, so I think, God, he's just sabotaging all over the place. I'm going to go yeah. with six, ultimately. For him. His pride and then his lower desires and addictions and all that. It's just Venus overconsumption. And I then also... he just wanted to... Like, there's a part of him that just wanted... To, like, really who that character is, really just probably at heart wanted to be like a loving man and then actually probably just raise his kids and then actually be a sincere philanthropist. Yeah. Not like a Bill Gates philanthropist, which is all about taxes. (laughs) Well, going into six with Kendall, I feel like Kendall, when you see him interact with his father's network um, and when you see him interact with his own network, he never feels authentic. And I don't think anyone ever took him seriously. They would only go with the play if it felt like Kendall actually maybe had it. But deep down, because, you know, when you when I think of six, I think of like the agent where they've got they can, you know, they've got all these important players on speed dial and people take them. Those of you listeners thinking of the agent because six is the union of the macrocosm and the microcosm. Yes. Thank you. And I think I think Kendall, when you saw him in a business room, no one ever really, they just saw him as Logan Roy's son and they didn't take him as a serious businessman. Well, or a serious connection. Their father's last words were in that show are so spot on. They're so good. But it really comes down to where, like, you're not, I'm going to reveal that. Like, you're not serious people. Like, that's the thing. It's you're an amateur, right? Like you caught up. What are you trying to do in your life? What do you want to pull in? What do you want to manifest? So that whether it's the tree of life, you look at the lessons in the tarot, you look at the astrology, every planet has a prosperity to it. And that prosperity, generally there's an action that needs to be taken. Mm. Saturn, for example, Saturn is the prosperity of just fucking getting the work done and doing it and holding the space and trusting your authority. Um, but uh, yeah, they are just all buffoons. He's a buffoon. Yeah. Roman's a petty tyrant, and Shiv is, uh, you know. She's actually, she probably could be a Gemini. Like, she she just is deceptive. And she's good Very. at it. Like, she really could. I honestly, if any of them, I feel like maybe she could have. You know, yeah. been the best, but she also had this other life and she liked political strategy and she likes strategy. So she needs to probably just start one of those like demonic think tanks that are trying to censor everybody. Oh, she, she's her future is. Yeah. Her future is bright. It's fine. But I Kendall, mean, it's, it's emotionally barren, it was but all, bright. It just really was all pride. And then he'll never do anything. And then Roman is a petty tyrant, but he'll just continue living life. Right. You know, um, but I just, I like looking at fictional characters to think like that show tuned into something. And I don't, I don't believe for a second those writers or creators are, have any notion of that, but this is just like human stuff playing out and Kabbalah really shows it. Tarot really shows it. You look at, like you can start looking at tarot and you look at the tens, the tens will tell you a story too of where something sabotaged. So for example, the uh, 10 of swords, ruin, mm. right? What that is, what that the story behind that card, for example, is really the flow of energy from the ace of swords. Brilliant idea, 
right? And then it comes down the tree, it worked through all this thing, and then by the time it's trying to become real and actualized on planet Earth, it's the Ruin card. This is uh, Sun and Gemini. Because Gemini is not a grounded energy. Right. Gemini is in the mind. It's where you have the brilliance, and then you need to apply the action and the earth. And so we're always working with these elements. We're always working with these numbers. We're always working with the planets and everything we do. We just may not be cognizant of it. But um, that ruin card is not, it's nothing on Gemini. It's just where that, those ideas, which is swords, are trying to come into like a, a tangible existence and it just doesn't come to fruition there mm-hmm. because it's just ideas. I could think about a beautiful apple tree in our yard and the, the delicious uh, apple crisps we're going to make with the apples we harvest. But that's gem, That's all great. I, I could learn everything about apples. I could research a million apple crisp recipes. What's a good tree? I'm a fan of the northern spy apple. <laughs> um, but if I don't plant a tree and then bring that tree and make it healthy and water and do all the things, I'm not going to pick an apple. But is there something in, in Gemini or just in the 10 of swords that it's like when you, when you're thinking and strategizing too much, you become obsessed with the perfection of it that you actually won't do it well that's virgo that's Virgo. okay uh it's it's a symptom of mercury there's two signs ruled by mercury and we just entered recently gemini season but hopefully we'll get this edited and out while we're still in (laughs) gemini season uh mercury rules those two signs um virgo is a good example of taking the brilliance of gemini and applying it to planet earth or the brilliance of mercury applying it to planet earth Gemini is all about information. So it's not, that's where it's like media and journalism and, you know, it's all fast moving components of the brain. And it's very brilliant. Mm. Um, But that I could, if I could literally go to, I could probably get a PhD in apples, Mm -hmm. right? And that I could be brilliant in apples and academia and be a learned professor of apples and not actually grow a fucking apple tree. Which reminds me of that, uh, there's like that philosophical center of magic and people have PhDs in mainly P. Hall and... Mm, no, I don't think that there's maybe some clown out there that has a PhD in that. There's a woman whose books they push who has a PhD, somehow she created a PhD in tarot and in the tarot. fucking bitch is her like attributions <laughs> are so fucking off based on if you are an actual practitioner of tarot through fucking magical tradition, I was just like, I just rolled my eyes and walked out. And I don't want to be that person (laughs) who's like, uh, I am the, you know, I'm the holder of the one true way. Right. But it just is apparent that you haven't applied this. You're a esteemed PhD of tarot and you are clearly not a practitioner of tarot. Right. They're just uh, fucking apple professors. Yes. Yeah, wax and wane about the meanings of apples. Mm -hmm. I'm sure somebody has a PhD in apples. It's symbolic throughout history. Absolutely. Why did the Beatles, why was their record label called Apple Records? And then Apple Computers, which literally is the largest, is like the richest company. At, yeah, but I wonder, because apples, I, how did that become an apple? I feel like 
yeah, that, no. you know, wasn't regional to wherever the Garden of Eden was. Oh, yeah. See? Well, that's something to think about then. Um, but Maybe apples are inherently evil. What? No. Yeah, maybe they're insane. just evil, even though they're not regional to the Garden of Eden. They're like, let's throw apples in there because apples so are evil. So if you say I'm the a- you're the apple of my eye, you're the, like, the evil of my eye. Okay, I don't maybe think not. apples are evil. Okay. Uh, I know what you're saying. I just don't, I don't know. I don't okay. think so. I think bananas are evil. Okay, I second that. Okay. <laughs> it's like <laughs> bananas are corrupt. Um, the Rockefellers and bananas and the destruction of indigenous people for bananas. Um, apples like grow, we're in apple land. Maybe apples State, are Washington. divinity. You know, apple trees do have a very, there's like Davic realms that like live within apple trees. Like if you go apple picking. Yeah, they hold a charge. There's something well, there. Well, also, I like apples. It's in my book because you slice an, a red apple. I mean, it could be a green apple too, but it's cool that they're mostly red. And there's a five-pointed star in an apple, which is also the pattern of the orbit of Venus, hmm. which you probably could tie into something about Eve eating fruit. So you figured out your PhD? What, you want to get one in? Yeah. I'm going to get a PhD <laughs> in apples. How about them apples? Isn't that a saying? Yeah. How about them apples? And then I might get a master's in these nuts. <laughs> <laughs> in nuts. <laughs> um, it's cool to look at the numerology and <laughs> fruit uh, and other, I think pine- pineapples, actually, the pattern on a pineapple is the golden ratio. Oh, yeah? Which is also like a hurricane, galaxies, the rate that rabbits multiply. Um, hmm. It's all over the place. But um, yeah, those little sort of, are they hexagonal? I'm trying to visualize, but you know, a pineapple has that skin. Yeah. And then, so divinity uh, is everywhere. Yeah, exactly. No, numerology is just one of the ways that it shows that. Yeah. But I like all of that is, is well and good. Um, but I like, you know, having learned magic and yoga, it's like, how do you actually put this? Like, what the fuck does this mean to doing something in your life? So the tree of life is a great abstract notion, right? Anytime I meet like, quote people quote magical people i'm always like i don't know how you like where anybody's applying it's like nice and it's interesting it's philosophical right you know at least like yogis to me like you're at least doing yoga and moving the energies around you know which you know magic school because it incorporates all of that well one uh magic practitioner who recently died was a filmmaker and whether or not that was like the interpretation I, of magic in his films were Kenneth anger. Yeah. Kenneth anger is dead. Kenneth anger has left the planet. He's dead. Um, I can't actually I just want to make it clear for those listening. I don't like, I don't, I think yeah, he doesn't represent anything that I teach or magic as it was taught to me. Right. He happened to have met Crowley, can claim maybe he studied with Crowley, probably like met him once and took a workshop. Right. Um, I was talking to Imagine a friend. Imagine going of to a Crowley workshop. We used to teach at a store that is still in London, Lantis Books, 
right? So he held he like space workshops? in there. Well, that would be the modern equivalent. Yeah. Like if he was hosting gatherings and doing any type of rituals or meditations, it's like the nowadays it's just monetizing. I'm doing a workshop on how to manifest or get in touch with your true spirit or whatever the hell it is. Get mm-hmm. in touch with your angels, blah, blah, blah. It's all workshops. It's just now they're called workshops. Um, but Atlantis Books, which does have my numerology book, which was a huge honor. It's the oldest occult store in existence. Wow. And it opened in the early 1900s. And crowd, Dion Fortune, all the greats from that era were, were doing stuff. And it's been owned by the same family since the beginning. We were in there. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And they had a little kid, a little baby. Yeah. So who's probably a little toddler now, oh. but um, maybe he'll continue or she, I don't remember. I think maybe it was a girl, but she'll continue that legacy, hopefully. Well, I just love that my book is in there. Imagine like a succession, but it's like Atlantis Books. Who will succeed? <laughs> who will become CEO of the bookstore? Well, I feel like I wanted to create a comedy because I did work in an occult bookstore. That was one of my first jobs. And man, there are just some gems. Now, granted, good comedy or good shows that going to be the characters and story, and you can't just rely on the environment. I think right. that's a big mistake that I see, like the L- world. L.A. people. Yeah, like they think, oh, the, like everyone who works in restaurants thinks they're so fucking smart, and then they think their lives are so gripping and compelling. And I, I, the whole time I've worked in restaurants, people are like, this should be like a show, and I'm like, there's no fucking restaurant shows. No. Except for uh, two broke girls. Yeah. But then... it, but you don't rely. And then there was that show Diner from back in the day. It was like a sitcom from like the 70s or something. I don't know that Or one. the 80s. Anyhow, like the world itself, you can have it take place in a world. It's not like Cheers was about a bar. You know, Cheers yeah. was about the characters and their story. But I just, I, I've just seen that where people, they think the world is that important. Yes. And it's not. You could just. You know, use a restaurant, use a farm, whatever. Yeah. But the occult store, there's definitely, it activates a lot of good stories based on my experiences. I am rooting for it. The occult store show? Yeah, and the ashram show. (laughs) (sighs) I'm going to write another book first. Okay. All that Hollywood stuff seemed like super like, yeah. And then I like story. I like comedy. Are you on writer's strike now, too? Yeah. Are they still on strike? Oh, who knows? I don't watch it. Like, well, we're out of shows now. We were watching Ted Lasso, Mrs. Maisel, and Succession. They're all done. I think I'm going to start watching movies again. Go Criterion. We might have to. You're going you're gonna to make I'm me watch I'm just going to isolate. Films. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> hmm. Okay. There I are mean, no more shows. There's no though. time, really. And... For movies. Well, shows are easy because it's like an hour or a half hour. Well, no, there's no time for me to watch Criterion by myself. No, there's not. <laughs> um, we need yeah, to invite the, the grandparents over again so I Our can friend watch Leanne was in uh, Ted Lasso. Oh, my that God. Was that awesome. was so cool. Um, I heard a rumor, and then we actually started watching the last season because I'd totally given up on that show. It just got yeah. so cheesy. And yeah. Like, blah. Uh, but the last season, I have to say it was really, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I think they, I don't know, they tweaked the writing. They, 
It was, it was good. like the they right it up amount well. of like feel good and nice, but it was cool that so we started watching because we heard based on Instagram that our friend was in it and then we kept watching it like where the hell is she yeah and then there she was which yeah, that was really cool I always love when we see her and we get starstruck like we saw her at the West End uh, yeah, in a I play know. and we we know her we were literally staying with her twin identical twin sister and then well we, we were, were gonna stay at her house like she's yeah. like an inside but then friend. we get like starstruck like, star when we see her <laughs> Like, there she is on the TV. <laughs> yeah, up on the stage. Our old neighbor in L.A. that played a, a crazy naked hooker in that one show. Right. Um, it is funny. And like, she was, it, like, up, we were watching it in our bedroom at the time in L.A. And then we're like, wait, she's right upstairs. Yeah, I texted her. I was like, wait, are you on this show? She's like, yeah. She, I talked to her about it. It was cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's on shows and stuff, but... Uh, yeah, so I don't know. They wrapped that up. Uh, that last season was pretty good, but we're out of shows to comment I think, on. I think our TV era is over. I think I'm okay with that. There's a lot I can say. We can say. revisit some old ones. I think Succession I wanted to talk about just because they were great examples of like yogic teachings of holding the energy and holding that space. You know, and where look at like within you, where's your caliber? Where, you know, and I'm saying this out loud to myself, like wanting to take everything we're doing to it the next level. And sometimes that's where I feel like, okay, what is it? How do I do it? Do I, you know, I'm still figuring that out. Yeah. Cause everything feels like it's at a great level that could sustain, but it, I want to, I want another level. Gotta go to the other level. Well, don't you want that? Absolutely. Okay. Well, yeah. We're in this together. <laughs> um, let's see. So, yeah. So, go back to blame parents. Mm-hmm. It is Gemini season, so activate your brilliance. The prosperity code of Gemini is definitely gathering and knowing. It's intel gathering. Right. You know, it's interesting watching Isaiah. He's definitely in that phase now where he's starting to say some words like, even sentences. He did say, where are you going? When I was coming up to the office. I know. Um, so he's really in this How about Gemini- this morning? I said to him, I was like, oh, it's like my nose. I was like, I need to blow my nose. And he got up from nursing and got the box of tissues and handed me a tissue. Yeah, I keep getting blown away of like, so cute. A, he's comprehending everything. But he'll get up in the morning and then go get his diaper. Yeah. So he could change his diaper. Um, he loves doing it, but the <laughs> tissue was really cute. And then yeah. I wanted a tissue, and then he gave me your used tissue, <laughs> <laughs> which was very helpful. Of him. But he's in that Gemini phase yeah. now. I mean, yeah, of course he's learned to use his body better and and things like that. But his like cognizance of information, putting it together, comprehending. Like, oh, this is what the tissue gets used for. It's super Gemini. Gemini is where you learn to name everything. So it's like having a child, you really can run through these signs. Um, I think it's fascinating. Then I'll even look at transits and some of these big transits that I've been talking about in Jupiter and everything. It's running through his third house. Gemini's natural placement is the third house, which is all about information. And I think that's he's really in a phase of like learning fast and it keeps escalating. Yeah. The 
sentences and things like that. Yeah, and he always has these little projects. I'm like, wait. He's like, I got to go over here right now, and I have to do this. He has a project. <laughs> I told you that before he was born. I was like, he's an Aquarius. He's probably going to have tons of little Aquarius, some level of science discovery projects, <laughs> yeah. you know, all around. He has to know what it is and gets his hands in it. Aww. It is cool. I mean, a lot of you listening are he's parents. So you know what we're talking about. But I just think he's in a cool Gemini phase, and it's Gemini yeah. season. It's interesting to track the astrology and see how does it, you know, what effect, if any, does it have on a very young child? And I see it. I'm glad Jupiter's in Gemini season two is hitting his third house because this is his time where he's really learning the world. He knows what cars are, all this stuff. Yeah. He knows his way around the bookstore. Yep. I think he thinks that I worked there in some level because <laughs> of the book signing because he really goes in there like he owns the place Aww. and tries to take everything off the shelf. <laughs> um, so that's enough parent life. But next episode, I want to talk about Pluto Aquarius slash AI. Is, now it's like a big consumer item. Okay, let's do that. Um, hop on Patreon. There's great content. All this Jupiter movement big energies big wealth um and the retreat we still have mm -hmm. less than a handful of spaces left mm -hmm. um assuming at the time of recording this and uh the retreat is amazing because i i do i teach things some things are only taught once every several years some less than some things i've never taught before and things that i don't teach online right so and it's beautiful and it's during the high holy days of magic which is where you also you kind of it's a time of rest and, and receiving and it's it's a heightened time for, of really getting in touch with your your being your soul and your spirit Let thy soul be awakened.